The Rebel Madman Radio Program on Republic Broadcasting Network. And folks, uh, grab some popcorn and a your favorite drink and get ready because we have a big one to throw at you today. And we are blessed with number one with my good buddy, a fellow co a fellow host here at uh, Republic yeah. Broadcasting Network, and that would be none other than Stephen Douglas Whitener. Stephen, how you doing, buddy? Howdy, Mike. I am grateful to be on RBN and proud to be associated with you, sir. Well, thank you, my buddy. And uh, let's see, uh, Phil and Kathy, are you with us? Okay. All right. We have some wonderful folks coming on oh. with us. We've got uh, Phil Turney and uh, Kathy Meskel. And we just can't wait to tell you what these folks have to share with you. Of course, Phil Turney is a true American hero. Folks, when you want to see one, this is the guy. A survivor of the USS Liberty, and since 1967, June of 1967, he's never given up the fight. And uh, so he, we are extremely honored to have him with us again tonight. So... Uh, Guys, are we here? Okay, buddy. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so very much. We'll we'll get to them. Stephen, uh, tell me well, uh, what's been going on with I you. I like the way you put. I, I like the way you put that, though. You know, they, he hadn't given up the fight. We're keeping that ship afloat in our hearts, anyway. You know, and RBN listeners are too. I spoke about it some this morning and told them we planned to have <clears throat> have this. Have, you had planned to have this show later today, so I'm and you know I'm I'm grateful to be here, be able to do that. I do believe that they need to be remembered, and also you, that the lady that that has this uh, monument I, that that you mentioned that that some I know that RBN listeners can help us find a place to set that and place it where it'd be honored. I was riding through downtown Greer. They had this little veterans park the other day, and I don't know whether that would work or not. I'd never try that, but it, it crossed my mind. There was a blank spot out there, too. Uh, so well, who knows? As you and I have talked about before, uh, Stephen, I would love for this monument to be in the Confederacy because you and I both know that the Confederate that we know would never have abandoned these folks and would have never have done to them what this government has done to them. It's absolutely a crime, and it should be punished as one. So uh, – Hopefully, uh, the producer will have them on here with us uh, very shortly, and we will be able to jump into this with both, jump into it with both feet. I hope so. And you know, the, I was speaking earlier about the way it makes me remember my dad and the Marauders too. It shows just exactly how this "quote unquote" country uh, can. can how what it can thinks of its warriors, and if it's that's what it thinks of its warriors, then what do you imagine it thinks of its just plain old Joe six pack citizen? Look what they're doing to us. I mean, it's just it's so glaringly obvious that the enemy's in control there in D.C. and has been since they overran the South, basically. Uh, you know, finished the job there in '65. That's just the way. I'm sorry, that's the truth. I mean, that people may not like to hear it, but that's that's the way I see it now. And and um, you know, I think that the liberty is very symbolic of that. 
and the way they treated the marauders and the POWs and the MIAs too. And the fact well, that they welded the gates shut and down, open down there at the border right now. They just, come on. <laughs> you know, sorry, yeah. sir. Yeah, you folks come on in. Our veterans are worthless, but you folks come on in. We're going to treat you right. What does that, what should that message should that be to the American public, Stephen? Uh, that you're less than zero. You know, I think they consider us more like roaches in their food, some of them, the, these banksters, especially the complete disdain and disregard they have for human life or anything sacred or moral, it seems like. I heard an acronym for woke uh, yesterday or read it. It said willfully overlooking known evil. And that just seems like that, that uh, describes it pretty well when I step back and look at it, you know, from a more objective uh, uh, point of view. Oh, well, uh, I think uh, the producer says Phil may be with us. Phil, are you here? Yes, sir. Oh, buddy, so great to have you. Uh, We really appreciate the effort. I hope uh, you've soaked up uh, lots of sunshine there in uh, sunny Hawaii. I hope you enjoyed that trip. Oh, I did. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I went out there. We were out there 11 days and uh, even got a suntan, come home with three feet of snow on the ground. Oh, okay. So now you've got a snow tan? I got a snow tan. Okay. All right. Uh, Phil, I've had the distinct pleasure, thanks to you, to be able to talk with Kathy at uh, on uh, several occasions. And she is just phenomenal. But I don't think anyone here would know her quite as well as you do. Could you introduce the listeners and tell them uh, the story of how Kathy has become involved in this venture absolutely yeah i'd be proud to well uh we'll let you introduce her then sir she is now with us okay wonderful uh yeah um kathy meskell it goes back several years uh when her and i first got together uh first i went to her military ball and um then to another one and uh that was much more successful, and uh, it was really exciting for to see Kathy get a little recognition for what she's done throughout the years for veterans. It's just unbelievable. And uh, with her Veterans Park and everything, by the way, she is the queen of Cedar Edge, and uh, they have a special day for her every year, and that, that is really, really nice. Well, but, maybe uh, we ought to make, yeah. make it a week. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> didn't mean to, yeah. didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy. No, that 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 that's fine. And so we started talking. And she, she makes monuments. She's a monument maker of uh, different uh, events in history, uh, going back to World War One and all the way to Afghanistan. Now she's worked on many, many more. I like Kathy talked about that. She's more into the loop on that than I've been going, but. Um, and then I asked her, I said, Kathy, what do you think about doing a monument for the USS Liberty? And she really didn't know too much about it. And then she figured it out, I believe. And I said, now you could get in trouble for this, or it might give you a hard time. And she said, to be honest with you, she said, I really don't give a shit. And uh, <laughs> she went, went and did it anyway. And uh, we have a beautiful, beautiful monument because Kathy and her great work what she's done and her uh, kindness to everybody in the community so that's pretty much uh, 
ground up right there about Kathy. She's a hard worker, and she works a lot, a lot of time. Just on this one monument, one side of it, I believe it's taken her a month just just to pick out the right pictures that she wants. So, yeah, she is the monument maker. And have you seen Have you seen the USS Liberty one, Mike? Yes, I have. I have, Phil. I have. She sent me several pictures. Okay, outstanding. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and get uh, swing it over to Kathy. And and uh, go ahead, Kathy. Yes, please, Kathy. Wow, what an introduction, Phil, my dear friend. That's exactly how it happened. And I'm telling you what, I'm so honored to have done this monument and to be on this show. It's just amazing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm probably going to get teary in the next three hours. So just deal with me. And, you know, it's it's an incredible thing. And these men need to be honored and acknowledged. And I've done my part to get that going forward. Yes, ma'am, you have, uh, very much so, and uh, I think you have uh, gone above and beyond, and uh, I was just telling Phil, instead of having a day for you out there in Colorado, they ought to have a week. Oh, that was really a fun thing, and I'll tell you about how that happened. So it was at the military ball two years ago, and Phil got up there, and I had just lost my husband, and he started talking, and when I, I just went and stood in the corner and cried, and... I just, I didn't hear anything he said, to be quite honest, and one of the gals came up, and he goes, Kathy Meskel is the queen of Cedaridge, and all these veterans, everybody was standing and applauding, and honestly, that was the first time in 11 years that I've been doing this that I felt that it mattered, and I went, wow, that's that's pretty cool. So a few days later, that's when Phil called and asked me if I would consider it, and I said, yeah, let me think about it. And I called him, and I said, yes, it would be my honor. And that's when he said, you could be in trouble. And I went, I don't really give a shit. You know, I've already been um, spied on once, so I don't really care. And this is that important. And I knew Phil you know, for a number of years, but not like I do now. And let me t- we started that project on January 9th last year, and we finished it in at the middle of August, and it was pretty much day and night I lived with the Liberty, studied it, read about it, Googled every single thing, Phil bought me books, I watched the Sacrificing the USS Liberty, and it just kind of came up on my TV because I was searching it, and I was so scared that I was going to lose it off of the TV that I didn't go upstairs or do anything for four hours. I was just glued to the TV going, oh my gosh, I had no idea what happened to these men, none, and I do now. It's incredible, isn't it, Kathy? Well, if you would please uh, tell us about the procedure from the time that Phil talked to you. Tell us about the steps that you took to put this monument and to create it for these uh, brave men and for the memories of those who were lost. Absolutely. It's it's quite the process, and we had already made eight monuments uh, before the Liberty, and I'll tell you later about how that all came to be. But the Liberty, when we when we decided to do it, I literally was at the computer for hours and hours and hours. I would wake up at night, go down to my computer, and just study on it. So the main the main point that I'm making with this whole interview is, yes, it's very political, but everything that I have chosen on that Liberty 
we kept it non-political, even though we wanted to. And there was a number of things that we drew that we had to consider it. So the main thing is we found the pictures, we told the story correctly, and the first part of it was all of the pictures of the before, you know, how how everything was going, what was going on before the attack and so forth. And, I mean, we really had to look at all the pictures, and then it, it just was an amazing time, and I just looked at him and looked at him and researched and kept researching, and once I finally got uh, the pictures that I thought were perfect, then we just started um, drawing, and I have a team and Lark, and um, we just have another artist, and that's what I can say with that. Anyway, so what we do is we choose the pictures, and then what these two girls do are draw the pictures in reverse, and we have to decide the size of it and how many we can get on there because it it has to tell the entire story, and it has to make sense. So if somebody would just walk up to it and they see all these pictures up there, they're not going to make sense of what what it is and what's happening. And so we were very, very careful about to tell this story. So the first part of it um, is the before, and we have the Sinai Peninsula on the right side of it, and uh, you'll be able to see them um, later once we post it, and the planes flying over and doing all the recon uh, missions. So the first part of it, it says June 8th, 1967, and it's in a banner, and it said the USS Liberty, the most sophisticated spy ship out of, of its time. And then on the one side of it, it says recon uh, mission, and here I'm trying to look on my phone because I, I want to get it exactly right. Israel recon plane do a friendly flyby. So we have the Israeli non-marked planes flying by, then we have the ship, and that's on the first part of it. And then on the second part of it, we have actual photographs of the Liberty and all the damage as it was happening. You know, you could see what it looked like before. And then after we have, I mean, we studied this. We have every single thing that was on that ship drawn correctly and carved correctly in marble. So that's the next part of it. And then we have the... Um, Torpedo ships coming up, and as you know, that they were trying to have put life rafts over, and the life rafts were shot up, so there was no any part of rescue at that moment. And it's just so interesting because, and then the next uh, picture we have is SOS, and this went to the Saratoga, and it's Rockstar, Rockstar, we're under attack. And when you hear that, you just go, Holy crap, are you kidding me? And I heard it, I saw it, and an interesting point that I'd like to make, I own a very small RV park in Cedar Ridge, Colorado, and we were done about with the first part of it last summer, and so this fella pulls in, and he has been here before, but I didn't know anything about him, and 
you know, of course, I'm telling everybody that would listen to me about the monument. And so this fella walks, you know, I'm kind of checking him in, and I had just been up at Lark's um, studio and sandblasting booth, and I was exhausted from looking at it. And I looked at this man, I said, yeah, I've been working on the USS Liberty. You probably never heard of it. Do you know what this man said to me? He said, Kathy, I was there. I went, well, wait, what do, you, what do you mean you were there? And he goes, I was on the USS America. I heard the transmissions between the Liberty when it was under attack and everything. I literally had to put my hand on this man's truck because I was like, you have got to be freaking kidding me. And he goes, no. And I went, it, it just doesn't happen by accident. And when you hear, you know, the USS Saratoga and USS America, rock star, rock star, under attack by unknowns, and it said return to base, what the hell? It, it just, I can hardly even read it. Planes launched to assist 17 minutes later, ordered to return to base, stand down. That was the message that my Liberty <laughs> crew got. I get mm. very emotional, and I'm not going to apologize. And so on either, I, I'm not. So on either side of it, we have the USS Saratoga. We have the planes, exactly what it looked like. Then we have the USS America on the other side. And these these are drawings that are actual drawings. And it's just amazing. And then we have the, the planes flying out. <clears throat> and then below, it says, in honor of the gallant shipmates, KIA. There's 34 names on that. And they're listed, every single one of them. And in the center of that is the rocket hole. So we have an original rocket hole from the ship. In our monument, we we cut a hole in it and we set in the rocket hole. So what you're seeing on my monument is the truth. It is the the pictures of what happened, the pictures of the ship, and I mean it's just it's just amazing. And when I look at it, I just go, "Holy shit! I can't believe we did that." And sorry, I swear sometimes. Anyway, that's okay. Um, it's it's just unbelievable when you look at that and you think of how nobody even acknowledged it. And the studying that I did, um, I had to write a letter to a powerful guy, uh, I think it was maybe in September, to try to get this monument placed. And what I had to portray is there was, you know, I did my homework. I... I am a liberty person. I can tell you what happened, when, what, all of that. And I said, the, this is actual documentation. I read it. It's on this monument. Nothing was put on there half-assed. It was done. It was studied. The pictures that we have, I mean, there, we, I have pictures. I'm, I'm looking on my phone, and that's probably why I'm getting emotional. There's there's probably 60, 70, 80 pictures all over the floor, and then we have a design board, and I put the pictures up, and then I put the pictures up. I was like, nope, nope, that's not it, that's not it. And then when we get get it done, it's like, oh, my goodness, 
oh my goodness, it, that's it, that's it. So then we were just going to do the front side, and then all of a sudden I said, we can't get the whole story just on the front. And mind you, this this monument's five and a half feet tall by three feet wide. And the marble that we have that um, it was made from was donated to us by the Colorado Stone Quarry in Delta, Colorado. The marble that I use on all eight of my monuments and going forward comes from the marble quarry in Marble, Colorado. My marble is the same marble that all of the monuments in Washington, D.C. are made from. So I think that's pretty extraordinary. It's like, wow, wow. I mean, our monuments are as important as that, and it came from the same place. And I I just am so proud of that and you know i i'm just looking at these pictures and we have the rocket hole sitting on there and then when we get to the back this is where i'm probably going to lose my shit because it's just so sad so we get to the back and we had to tell the story and so the story is we have the helicopters landing on the deck of the Liberty, we have wounded soldiers that are bandaged up. We have a guy, and I I don't recall his name, and I apologize for that, and his thumb, he's sitting there with his thumb wrapped, or his hand wrapped up in bandages. And I didn't learn till later that he says to Phil, Phil, I think he said, don't quote me, but I think I'm correct, Phil, Tony, go find my thumb. I'm going, what? Oh. What, 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 what do you mean? <clears throat> Go find my thumb. Here's a man that's sitting. I'm looking at an actual picture. He is on our monument. And he tells Phil Turney that I love and care about. Go, t- Go find my thumb. So when you look at all of these pictures of the monument and the backside of it, it's the story is absolutely complete. And, you know, you've got these fellas that are being rescued. Then, of course, nobody knows this, but they wanted that ship to sink. They sent that torpedo in, and I believe it was 42 by 46 foot hole in the hull of it, or whatever you call it. And by the grace of God, that ship did not sink. It listed, but it did not sink. Here's another story. So... I was invited to go to the um, Liberty reunion in June last year, so Lark and I went, and we made an exact mock-up of the monument, and it looked exactly like what we did. So when you walked up to it, it looked like marble. Everything, all the original pictures were on there. And so we unveiled it. It was very professionally done as far as me and Lark were, were doing it. And we unveiled it, and there was 13 survivors there. And the look on these men's faces was like, I'll never forget it, ever, in my entire life. I have never been so moved to tears in my entire life. And this one guy, um, the one of the pictures as you look down into the, the base of it, um, it's a rescue team, so they had to go in and... Um, 
recover bodies and to make sure that the ship wasn't going to sink because it was listing. So they had to go in there, and I believe Phil also uh, was going in there and to make sure because they wanted the ship to sink. They had to sail a 1,000 miles to Malta. They were close to Crete. They could have easily gone to Crete, but no, they had to go to Malta because they were hoping that that ship would sink. Well, guess frickin' what? It didn't. It didn't sink. All of those survivors were, I'm sure, traumatized by having to go down and see all of that and make sure their ship wasn't sinking. And this one gentleman, and I I won't say his name, and he got on his hands and knees, and this is a man probably 76, 78 years old, and he looks at this picture, and it says, crew who recovered bodies and access damage. There's a picture of these five men, and he goes, who did that? Who, Who drew that picture? And I told him, and he points to it as tears are falling down his face, and he says, that's me. Can you even imagine the man that's on our monument? There, he, he pointed to it and said, that's me. And me and Lark just looked there, and both of us started crying. We just couldn't even believe it. And up at the top... It says um, the first part of it, and I just finally found the pictures of it, evacuating to the Sixth Fleet. Here's a stretcher and a chopper, and it's got the Red Cross on there. Then there's a picture of the lieutenant and these guys all wrapped up in bandages, and it says Doc Kiefer attending the wounded. Here's another story, and Phil, correct me if I'm wrong. Here's Doc Kiefer that was injured. They... They didn't have, like, um, they had a med station, but nothing to take such dramatic injuries and everything. I mean, people were being shot. I mean, people were being hauled downstairs trying to be safe, so they turned the um, mess hall into basically a surgery suite. And all of these men are down there. There was one doctor, if I'm not correct, Phil, please. His name was Doc Kiefer. He had his leg injured, and he had a life uh, vest wrapped around his stomach, and someone said, hey, Kiefer, take that vest off. He goes, I can't. My insides will fall out. So here's a man trying to save his crewmates while he is injured with a life vest wrapped around his stomach so his freaking insides don't fall out. And I'm going to wow. just keep saying to you guys, what the hell? And nobody knows these stories and here I am one person in a little town and I studied it for months I got it right and then here goes the ship eight days a thousand miles to Malta I watched videos of that ship limping into Malta I have pictures of all these people standing on the the docks looking at all of this and you just go, how did that ship make it there? I don't understand. By the grace of God, that's all I can tell you. We also have pictures on the ball of the bottom of it of Captain McGonagall. 
He's looking at all the damage. I mean, there's so much. Well, Kathy, here's the break. We'll be back on the other side here. Hang on. are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else, tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. 
everyone to Rebel Madman Radio here on the 17th day of February in the year of 2024 and before we jump back and get uh, our esteemed guest uh, to finish her comments uh, I would like to uh, please ask everyone if you're not going to hear this kind of stuff anywhere else I promise you so please do whatever you can to support RBN because they are bringing the truth full force every day. And now, Miss Kathy, are you ready to uh, continue? Yes, sir, I am. Thank you. And I kind of have to back up a little bit because I'm looking at this, and there's a couple really important things that I um, had forgotten to share. So on the upper part of it, on the back of the monument, it says Aftermath. So what we're portraying on the monument on the backside is the af- aftermath of what happened. And I heard so many stories about, you know, these wounded, you know, calling out for their mother and say- citing the Lord's Prayer. And when I heard that, I said, Lark, we've got we've to put that on there. And, of course, we couldn't put the whole Lord's Prayer on there. So below the injured, it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And above that, there's a cross, and it says, In the name of mercy. And it it just completes that part of the story because these men were dying, and 34 of them were dying. And for it, it was just a terrible thing. And then you get, of course, to when they sailed into Malta, and that is also depicted. And then down on the bottom part, I have so many pictures. There's, uh, let's see, eight pictures on the bottom. And again, it's the the gentleman that had to go into the hole and recover bodies. And this is, I mean, it's just so sad. And I, I spoke with one of the men on there, and... Here's the captain assessing the damage. And I, I can't remember if Phil would be the one, how many rocket holes there were. I believe 857. I, I'm probably mistaken, but it was a huge number. And then on the backside, because the the rocket hole is, you know, the real rocket hole on there. And on the backside, it says, God saved this ship. And then you have the ship going from Crete to Malta, and we have that depicted as well. And then the damaged, the the torpedo hole, we had that in, I mean, on that picture, um, we found this picture, and I was showing it to Phil, and he looks at me and he goes, oh, that's me right there. So I was like, what? It's just blows my mind in the last year now that I've done this that it literally took almost eight and a half months to finish the Liberty because we got the front side done and Lark and our other artists, we were looking at it and we had gotten back from the reunion and pretty much all at the same time, I just said, this isn't good enough. We have to fix it. It's 
it's just not good enough. And so those girls worked for another month embellishing and enhancing the backside and the front side. And mind you, this is a process, and um, I'm going to share my website with you folks because then you can go. I'm going to tell you how we do this, but on my website, it'll show you the exact process of how we do it. So grab a piece of paper, and I'm going to share this, and I'll talk about this quite a bit. The website that will show you everything that I've done and going forward is support our soldiers foundation.org and if you click on that it'll take you to the page and you can go right to the monuments and we literally have um, videos of how all of this was done and how it was made because every single thing you see on the monuments and this one this one was the hardest that we did because the dramatic effect that we were looking to put on there and all of these drawings were done by hand. Every single drawing was done by hand. So you have the, the piece of marble, and this is five and a half feet high by three feet wide. And what they do, it's called resist, and it looks almost like a thick beige bandage, and it goes completely over the monument. So it covers the monument completely. So then the girls, they have the drawings, and they burnish them backwards. So they draw them backwards and then they lay the um, picture on, you know, they have to measure so everything is correctly in place and everything is not, you know, crooked or whatever. Then they burnish that. And here's the most fascinating part. Those girls cut these entire pictures out with an exacto knife. An exacto knife. This is the only thing that is computer generated on this monument and all the others is the lettering. Every single thing that you see on these monuments is done by hand. And so they cut out the picture with an exacto knife and then Lark she spends I think this one took maybe two and a half to three weeks to sandblast and again Lark is 70 years old, and here's this woman in the sandblasting booth, you know, in the summer when it's uh, close to 100 degrees, and she is in there sandblasting this. And it's just That's like, wild. and she, yeah, and I'm telling you, she would call me and I'd go up there, and this is a funny story. So we got the marble. We have a gentleman in Grand Junction, Colorado, and he is, his business is called Robert Stone incorporated and this is a man that um this is his business his warehouse is massive he does stonework all over the entire country and so he cuts it so we were getting the two pieces because we were going to do front and back on two different pieces and then we decided to put it on one so now we have another one um ready to go for making another liberty monument and so here's Lark and uh, Robert, and they have his truck, and we have to get a forklift because I can't remember, 13, 1,800 pounds or something. So they pick it up, and I'm 
at Lark's house, I'm like laying on the couch with my hand over my head. I was like, oh my God, I can't look. Oh my God, I can't look. I'm having like anxiety here. So I kind of look out the window and I was like, okay, we almost got it in. And then we had to do the other one. And then we had to take it out and flip it. And I'm sitting in my car with my hands over my face you know, kind of peeking, so, you know, you don't want to see, but you want to see, and I'm just going, please, God, don't let anything happen to this, please don't let anything happen to this, and the fellow gets in, is like, okay, where's the wine, I'm going to have a heart attack if we just don't get this in the studio, and it's so stressful, I can't even tell you folks how much stress that doing this monument was the, the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And it was worth every single stress moment. I can't tell you the amount of tears that have been cried over this monument. When you look at it, it just brings the story to light. And now knowing and talking to the 13 men that I got to meet in June, and here's another really fascinating story. So... It was on June 12th. It would have been mine and Michael's 45th wedding anniversary. And so I decided to have his memorial on that day. And believe it or not, I even fit in my wedding dress. And I had all of my friends here. It was just such a lovely, sweet time. And because I own an RV park, I had two or one rig coming in. And so Steve, that helps me out, he goes, Kathy, there's a fifth wheel in the driveway. I said, I know. Put them in number five. He goes, okay. And he goes, and there's a motorhome behind. And I went, uh, no. He goes, yeah, there's a 40-foot motorhome behind. And I went, you're kidding. And I'm going, oh, no. Did I forget or something? And I only had one small spot left. And I said, you know, you're going to have to put him in 11, Steve. So the the gentleman and his wife were, I would say he was probably the rudest man I've ever had in here. His wife was walking around and, you know, just and I'm just going, Steve, just tell him to leave. That's it. And that's not exactly what I said, but because I'm being nice and not swearing on the radio, I said, fine. And so anyway, (laughs) we're having Michael's Memorial, and I am still madder than shit because I was like, I can't believe you're acting like this. So anyway... It's now um, 8 o'clock, so I go in the house. My friends are still around. You know, we're celebrating Michael's life. And for 12, well, it would have been 11 years, taps plays from the top of my house. And there's a big speaker up there, and it plays, and you can hear it for a mile. And years ago when I started doing it, um, one of my RVers, she goes, Kathy, look at this. And I went, yeah, this is pretty cool. So if you go online and just type in uh, gentleman playing taps, I believe it was in Washington State. And this man was supposed to, he wanted to go into World War II, but I believe he had polio, so he couldn't go. So that was his way of honoring um the service of all the the fellows that did go, and he would go out and literally blow taps every night at sundown. And I said to Peggy, I was like, I want to do that. So Michael found the recording, and we started it, and this is kind of fun. So I had it down on 
five, so it wasn't really loud. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in trouble. And so it had played like pretty much the first part of the week, and I dedicated on Memorial Day. And so I went to a VFW pancake breakfast here in town, and one of the police officers was coming out of the police station. And I was like, Jake, I'm just going to tell you that I'm playing taps from the top of my house and I'm not turning it down and it's going up and I'm never turning it off. And he looks at me, he goes, Kathy, that's you? And I went, yeah. He goes, I was in the bathroom the other night and I came running out trying to figure out where it was coming from. And I said, okay, and it's never going off and now we're coming up to 13 years. So anyway, getting back to the story of the Liberty. Well, Kathy... That's it. Kathy, yes, sir. May I, I just a second catch a, a little bit of a breath there because something is just hitting me between the eyes, and I, okay. as I'm sitting here thinking about this, Phil, what are share with us a little bit your thoughts and the other Liberty survivors' thoughts on what this wonderful lady has done? Would you please, sir? And Kathy, we'll have you right back. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's very interesting, uh, Mike. Uh, we, you know, had a reunion uh, last year in uh, Colorado Springs, uh, my home state. But, uh, by the way, I live on the western side of Colorado where there's no, not too many liberals. But uh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was cool. It was fun. And... Uh, Kathy and Mark were invited, and uh, it was a great honor to have them there. And, uh, you know, like that mock-up, she said, it worked it was very well done. It, it touched a lot of people. And, you know, uh, we're losing a lot of people, too, Mike. You know, we're losing a couple oh, yes. of months. And, Seems uh, that way, for sure. Yeah, I know it, man. It's going to happen to all of us, no doubt. But, uh, no, it just... It was a fun deal uh, for Kathy and Mark to be there, and I wanted them to beat the crew, which they did, and their family members and so on and so forth. And we're going to have another reunion in, uh, in Arlington this, this coming uh, June, June the 6th, 7th, and 8th. But we uh, getting back to the monument, uh, Kathy and, and, and Lark were there, and they... they Shows it all and everything, and then it was, uh, I don't know, probably four thirty, five o'clock, 6 o'clock that night, they had an auction, you know, to help pay for this thing. And uh, it was uh, it was really amazing. Uh, in uh, probably less than 60 seconds, there was about $28,000 raised. It was seven and a half minutes, and it was $29,000, and I got the money in three weeks. Didn't mean to interrupt. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Continue, Phil. Continue. Yeah, uh, sorry about that, Kathy. I forgot how much it was. <laughs> 29. I had to get it right. Okay. All right. Uh, but, uh, and then uh, the auction one was so well, and uh, they just love this monument, Listen, we can't find a place for it. You know, uh, the uh, Navy turned us down. Yeah, uh, maybe in four or five years. And, and then uh, 
National Security Agency turned us down. I just found out last week. So we got to find a place for this monument. And uh, I, I do want to say this, though, about uh, Cassie's monument. You know, I've been, I've traveled pretty much in my life, and uh, I've seen a lot of monuments. But I'll tell you what, Michael, these, Michael, these uh, monuments here are as fine a monuments as I've ever seen in my life. And uh, wow. she just didn't so. start doing yeah, well, she just didn't start doing this here. She did it from her old town rifle. She used to go around and tie ribbons on poles at night and uh, in honor of uh, America. You know, yellow ribbon. But anyway, she's been doing this for a long time. I, I admire her a lot in her stability in life. And she's gone through a lot, too. But uh, also, I want to let you know, uh, Kathy is an honorary crew member at the SS Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Phil and a- Kathy, if you... Oh, I'm sorry, Phil, but if you guys don't mind, let me bring in Stephen Douglas Whitener. I'm sure he's chomping at the bit with a couple of questions. Sure. Stephen? Well, so, the NSA and the Navy turned you down. That that leaves... I was just wondering what else you might have considered, where else you were thinking about possibilities, because this needs to be seen by the public, okay? Even if it needs to travel around or something. I mean, people need to know about this. I was speaking with people earlier today about how few Americans really are aware of this story. You know, a, a, a gentleman uh, 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 called after my show. He wanted us to get Tucker Carlson to uh, run the people send him that uh, Sacrifice and Liberty DVD until at least he watched it. Get him to cover this. And that would change the way people look. Change everything. Yes. Uh, Have you considered other places, sir? And and let me challenge the audience to get the word out about this. Let people know what happened to these men. And I do believe it could be a a big thing if enough people, uh, you know, know about it. I mean, let me toss it back. I had a thought when Phil told me the other night, I literally sat in my chair and just sobbed going, okay. And I said, all right then how come we can't buy our own property and make our own Veterans Monument Park and put the Liberty and all the other ones and make our own? And I'm thinking, okay. And Phil and I spoke this morning, okay, Norfolk, Virginia, I think that's where it should go. Let's buy our own property and put, make it our own. And then we don't have to ask any permission because we own the property and we could do whatever we want. Well, I love that idea, Kathy. Uh, Several of us have talked about this, and of course, uh, most of you uh, probably don't know, uh, but the listeners are aware that I'm a hardcore Southerner, and uh, Stephen and I were talking yesterday uh, in anticipation of this program, and I said, you know, it would do my heart good to see this monument in the South, and Virginia is in the South. It would do my heart good to see this in the South, because... We Confederates would have never left let these men behind and would have never done to them what the U.S. No. government did to them. No. So uh, that no, is that. that is a thought, and we want to we want to continue that because Kathy, you and I talked uh, what three times yesterday or the <laughs> yes. day before, and uh, I enjoyed every second of it. But uh, and we talked about several different things, which we'll get into uh, as we move along in the program here, uh, and we're almost to our second hour. 
uh, to start our second hour. So, uh, Stephen, do you have any other questions for either Kathy or Ron before we? Uh, I feel I'm sorry. Before we move on, first day, first yeah. day, new brain. Yeah, that's. I have one more uh, story just to finish. So the guy with the RV, and this is really important because okay. he ahead, came man. out and he he had tears running down his face, and he walks over to me, and I'm still mad at this man. And Taps had just gone out off, and he looks at Steve, he goes, what's this? And he told him that I've been doing it for 11 years, and he's going, wow. So he goes back in his motorhome, he comes over to me, tears streaming down this man's face, and he goes, ma'am, I want you to have my hat. And I said, okay. And he goes, you've probably never heard of the USS Liberty. He said, ma'am, I need you to take my hat. It was his USS Liberty hat. So this man, out of the blue, came to my RV park that was a crew member, and he was a spook, on the USS Liberty. And I just said, sir, I can't, I can't accept this. This is too incredible um, and valuable thing. And he, he's looking at me crying. And he goes, ma'am, I need you to take my hat. And I said, I'll accept it, sir. So the next morning, I called the post office where Lisa, Phil's wife, worked. And I said, I got it. You got to call her and tell her to call me immediately. So Lisa called me and goes, what's up? And I go, Lisa, you're not going to believe this. I have a gentleman that was on the Liberty when it was attacked. And she goes, are you kidding me? And I said, no. And so that evening at 5 o'clock, I called Phil and go, oh, come down to the monuments. We're just going to, I don't know, visit or something. And so this man was there, and Phil was there, and I said, oh, by the way, Phil Turney, and I won't say the man's name, at USS Liberty, and I said uh, the gentleman's name, Phil Turney, USS Liberty. He had already called somewhat, somebody, and Phil, you might know who it was, and go, where does Phil Turney live? And whoever he spoke to said some little town in uh, western Colorado, Cedar Ridge. And this man said, I'm in an RV park in Cedar Ridge, and I need to get a hold of Phil Turney. So these two men, unbeknownst to one or the other, came and they met at my monuments. What a treasure was that. Oh, gosh. Wow, Phil, what did that mean to you, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Kathy just told about that meeting that you had with a, another crew member of the Liberty. Uh, how did that affect you? How did that feel to see someone after all those years? It, it was uh, a good feeling uh, to connect with another shipmate. And it was also very sad. Uh, what they did to us and but our government's still doing to us. And, it was uh, awful. Oh. Oh, it, I think it destroyed his life. It destroyed his life. And, you know, when Phil asked me to do this, I said to him, Phil, I'm not going to change anybody's history, and they've obviously ignored you for 57 years, but my part of this and what... My intention is is to write it literally in stone and to hopefully give 
your shipmates some resolve, maybe some peace. I mean, they'll never have peace. They'll never have closure by any means. But it's now written in stone, and they have their own monument, which they deserve. And this should be in a place of honor. And it's sitting in a freaking warehouse right now because nobody will put us put it there because everybody's just a bunch of chicken shits. And it's like, wait a minute. Why, why that, cannot... Kathy. I swear to you, I swear to God, as I'm standing here in my living room, it is my intention to get this liberty placed. And if I have anything to do about it, and if I have to beg, borrow, and steal to get it in place by that reunion in June, I'm going to. And I already called Robert Stone and met with him, and I told Phil, no one touches my monument but Robert because he can create it, he he will get it to wherever it's going to go. Because I don't trust anybody touching it. I mean, we're talking a seventy-five thousand dollar monument, and we had to right. put buttresses on the side of it because it's so big. Got a the, break coming, cor- Kathy. Got a break okay, coming. No so problem. hold on, no and we'll get back with it on the other side. You betcha. Thanks, you folks. Bet. Support RBN. Jewish power is the ability to prevent the discussion of Jewish power. Jewish power requires anybody in politics to understand it and know about it, but never talk about it. My awakening really sums up with the very best evidence, the facts and the truth about race, and the fact that race drives history, and the truth about the Jewish question. The younger you get, the greater the percentage of people who identify as alphabet soup, you know, LGBTQRS. This woman, she's like, oh yeah, I identify as a koala two years ago. And I'm like, what? A koala? What? Maybe if it was quickie koala, that might be cool, but otherwise, no. How about an inward pass? Have you ever received an inward pass from any of your black friends? Biden invited a drag queen to come for the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act. It's a Respect for Anal Sex Act. So, yeah, I mean, let's, let's just call it like it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.